0: Drink waters out of thine own cistern, cistern, and running waters out of thine own well. Be content with what you have. It goes along with what he, what he says as, a, as a, the preacher of preachers there. Be content with what you Don't want what somebody else. Don't want another guy's wife. or a, Boy, what if a girl from this country? I mean, what about an Egyptian lady? No. Be content with what you've got. Matter of fact, look down at verse 18. Let thy fountain be blessed, and rejoice with the wife of thy youth. You know, instead of, boy, if I had a new wife, or I had this over. Because that's what he pursued and he did. And I think here, he learned his lesson. It's late in life. He learned his lesson, and he's passing down wisdom. He is teaching us. Look at Proverbs 7, verse 6. Proverbs 7, uh, verse 6. Again, this is Solomon writing. This one is written, uh, at the beginning it tells us it's to his sons. He's trying to instruct his sons. He's trying to to save them from calamity. He's trying to save them from error. And it could be a warning to every man as Solomon is passing it on to us. Verse 6. For at the window of my house I look through my casement. And behold, among the simple ones, I discerned among the youths a young man void of understanding. So he's looking out and he can see the scene play out. I picture him in his castle. He's looking down. And he sees this young man and he can see this girl and he knows what she's up to. He's been down that road before. Verse 8. Passing through the street near her corner. She's on a street corner. That kind of tells you something. And he went the way of her, to her house. In the twilight of the evening and the black and dark night, and behold, there met him a woman with the attire of an harlot and subtle of heart. She is loud and stubborn. Her feet abide not in her house, nor uh, are now is she without now in the streets, and lieth in wait at every corner. So she caught him and kissed him, and with her impudent face she said unto him, I have peace offerings with me this day. I have, made, I have paid my vows. In other words, she's been down to the temple. She's made her sacrifice. She has the extra food left over, and she's like, I've got food, let's, let's go eat. Um, she says this now. She turns it to his attention. Therefore came I forth to meet thee, makes it personal to him, diligently to seek thy face, and I have found thee. I have decked my bed with coverings of tapestry, with carved works, with fine linen of Egypt. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love until the morning. Let us solace ourself with loves. For the good man is not at home. Hmm, she's married. He has gone on a long journey. He had taken a bag of money with him and will come again at the day appointed. With her much fair speech she caused him to yield. With the flattering of her lips she forced him. He goeth after her straightway, as an ox goeth to the slaughter, as a fool to the correction of the stocks, till a dart strike through his liver as a bird hasteth to the snare, and he knoweth not that it is for his life. He hasn't thought through this. He's caught up in the emotion of the minute. He, he doesn't pay attention to what's going on, and she's trapped him. Verse 24, Hearken now unto me, O therefore, o you children, and attend to the words of my mouth. Let not thine heart decline to her ways. Go not astray in her path, for she has cast down many wounded, yea, many strong men have been slain by her. Her house is the way to hell, going down to the chambers of death. And so I think Solomon's learned. He tries to pass that wisdom on. And he wants to do that, and he tells us something in this one song. So let's turn to the Song of Solomon, right past Ecclesiastes, where we were. Uh, it's called the Song of Solomon. Sometimes, uh, if you look it up in, in some older books, it'll be called the Canticles. That's, sounds like tentacles, but it's not. It's <laughs> so that means song again, or uh, the Song of the Canticles, or Canticles of Canticles. You get all these different things, but it's usually Song of Solomon you know, from the first line. And... Um, it's the song of songs. It's the, the best of Solomon's songs. Out of 1,005 songs that we saw early on in, in 1 Kings that he wrote, this is the best. As a matter of fact, it's the only one that's left. You know, we don't have any other of his songs, any other things that he wrote about. Um, were the others just silly love songs? You know, yeah, the world's got a full of silly love songs. But this is one about true love. And I think that's why he kind of edits down everything new it is, and God says, here's the one, the song of songs. This is the one about the, true love. And so that's why we have this um, Many say it's a song about um, Solomon's love of loves. You know, when he finally found that one woman to his favorite wife. Let that sink in a minute. To your favorite wife—that just doesn't sound right, does it? Hey, you're my favorite wife out of a thousand. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, that doesn't really mean much if you, if you have a thousand you're your favorite wife. And so, that's what strikes me a little differently. As a matter of fact, look at um, chapter six before we start in here. Chapter six, verse eight. Song of Solomon's chapter. 6 verse 8, and he says, speaking of Solomon, there are three score queens and four score concubines and virgins without number. So he has 60 queens, that's what, three times 20, and uh, 80 concubines. So he's got 140 here. So this is early in his life. He's just getting started. He's got to get married 860 more times. I mean, that's, that's a lot. And so we know he ends with that 700 wives and 300 concubines. So this is early on. Um, when he's getting married. You know, he said he's going to get married 860 more times. And so we're going to say that this is about his favorite wife, and she's going to be 141. Why do he get married 860 more times if he has his favorite wife? You know, what? what boy, that really showed her, you're special. I'll always remember you. Oh, she's pretty. Yeah, that, that doesn't set in very far. And so I don't think it's about that. And that's, that's my part of my view of, of why I build the case I do. And so I this was his love of his life, and she was what was worth living for, then why Yeah, Yeah, why he'd, he'd had has contentment in something, and I think that's where we get the warnings everywhere else. But I think this is a song about true love. It's just that Solomon didn't have true love, but he found true love. He saw what true love was through the Shulamite, uh, but he never had it. He saw that the Shulamite had it for her shepherd. Uh, And so he knows that it's uh, true love and he records it for us out of his wisdom. He's like, out of all those things I get, nothing, here's the one that needs to be down. So there are three major views as you turn back to chapter one. Three major views of the Song of Solomon. There is um, Solomon is the good king. Um, He loves the Shulamite and the shepherd is a bad guy who's trying to steal her away. He's trying to woo her away. It's it's his bride, he's going after her and the shepherd's a bad guy that he just needs to get rid of. And so that's one view. Another view is that Solomon is the shepherd. He's disguised himself as the shepherd. And so then, basically, the Shulamite falls in love with him as a shepherd, not because he's a rich king, but because he's the shepherd boy. And then, voila, you won the lottery. It's me, Solomon. You found me. Bazinga. You, know, you get the money. You get it all in the palace. And so they all have to live happily ever after. So that, that's another popular view. And there's the third view that I hold to that um, the Shulamite is in love with the shepherd. And Solomon is like the world trying to woo her away. He's trying to win her away and impress her so that she'll fall in love with him. And so I hold to that view that Solomon's more like the bad guy, but the shepherd and the Shulamite love each other in that sense. And so I think um, this is the view I take. I've just showed you some of the evidence why, you know, that Solomon had all these wives and did all these things. It's hard to believe that this is the love of his life to go on and get married 860 more times. Um, a little more uh, set up here. Uh, We have three main characters. You have the shepherd, uh, you have the Shulamite, that's the the girl in the story, and you have Solomon. Um, I think that we could also apply this as an allegory in that uh, the shepherd here would be Jesus Christ, our shepherd, you know, the good shepherd. Uh, The Shulamite would be us, the church. We can apply it in that way, that we are uh, to be looking for our shepherd to come for us. And then Solomon would be the world. Uh, We just read that passage uh, in, in 1 Kings where it talked about he was not good. You know, there was a time when he was an apostate. You know, he went after all these strange gods and built all these strange things to worship them. And so there's a time where he even acknowledges that. And so I think that he was a saved man. I think he got right. Uh, but he lived a big portion of his life wrong. Uh, and we can apply that and see that from Scripture. And so in this sense, he shows himself. And I think it's very humbling of him to put himself in here. It's his wisdom that uh, he's like the world trying to woo us away. And so that's the stance we'll take as we go through. Um, some of the things that we'll notice as we look through, I want to point out to you that look how... Solomon looks at the Shulamite versus how the shepherd looks at the Shulamite. It's different what they look at, who they, how they talk to and how they, they, they look at how they see her, how they perceive her. Um, a common theme or a common word through the Book Song of Solomon is uh, my beloved. It's used uh, 24 times, and so it's an intimate term for the Shulamite towards her shepherd, or the shepherd towards the Shulamite. As I pointed out, there are three major characters, the Shulamite, uh, the shepherd, and the king, and there's a few other cast of characters. We have the narrator. I believe the narrator is Solomon. He is humble, and he writes this, and he tells the story. So as he tells it, uh, sometimes his tongue's furling his cheek as he looks at himself, and it's like, I was quite a stooge. You know, look what I'm doing here, (laughs) and how how I'm trying to play this off. And so he's humble, and he writes it down, and he's accurate in his recording. So we have the narrator, which I believe is Solomon. We have, um, since he is the author, uh, we have the harem, uh, which is made up of wives, concubines, and virgins-in-waiting that are also called the daughters of Jerusalem. These are the ones that he's going to pick his wives out of. You know that They're kind of the holding cell, and which wife will I pick today? And he goes down and picks out of those. And then God speaks as well. God has one little line uh, that he delivers to. Uh, not that he's not involved in it at all. So okay, let's go to verse 1. Song of Solomon's. Uh, uh, verse 1 says, The Song of Songs, which is Solomon's. So it tells us the author. And again, it's the best song that... Uh, Solomon wrote, I had a teacher that told me that this was, uh, he always considered this Solomon's tear and his beer song. You know, she's the one that got away. You know, I should have. Had her. You know, he kind of tells it in that way. Um, he offers her the world, uh, but he couldn't win her. You know, money and riches, none of this could find him. Hebrews 11 says that Moses was offered, you know, the world. And he says he chose to suffer the affliction rather than the pleasures of sin for a season. He, he chose the afflictions of Christ she is an example of that for us. As we see her fight the good fight here, to stand for her chastity, to stand for her commitment to her shepherd, uh, she's an example for us to, to stand for our Savior. And so that's our title. So verse 2, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for thy love is better than wine. And so I'm going to s- set the scene as, as, as I see it and as I, I try to read it all together to make it make sense. And and divide it again, we put the chapter and the verses and, and break it all down. And um, the times in which they wrote and their poetry is a little different structure than we would. But uh, the best I can make it as it translates into English, I, I think we're in the harem room here. If I was going to set the scene, if I was going to draw this up as a director, and I often think of uh, things in that way. And so we're in the harem room, and at this point, he has 60 wives and 80 concubines. You know, So it's a pretty crowded house, let alone he has other ladies-in-waiting, the, the virgins or the daughters of Jerusalem. Um, without number, you know, they're all vying for Solomon's attention, Solomon's coming down there, and when he comes, it's like, oh, Solomon's here, you know, they're all wanting to be that next wife, and maybe they'll be the one that's satisfying, maybe they'll be the favorite <laughs> one, maybe when the next time somebody important comes, they'll be sitting next to him, um, you know, maybe they, maybe he'll pick me, you know, they're going to, he'll marry me, and so the concubines and the harem, they're all there, and they're all wanting their turn, they're all wanting a time with Solomon to see him, famous, he's famous, um, it's not hard to imagine. If you, watch, uh, if you ever turn around the news stations and you see one of the, the gossip shows that are out there, and someone famous walking in someplace, and they have all these people that are crowding around them, going after them and trying to get their attention. that's what they're doing. It's someone famous, you know, the rich guy's here, and, and they're all showing up, and um, so maybe he can be, maybe they'll be his favorite. And so man, if you think later in his life, if he had a thousand wives. And if he was fair and say, oh, I'll spend a day with each of you, it'd be two and three-quarters years before he ever saw you again. You know, it's like, what was your name again? <laughs> when did we get married? You know, and so you know, again, that, that's a long time around. That's just if I give you all the day and all the, my attention for a day. And so that's just a lot, you know, to go through. And so yeah, that would be a while. So I think as a room full of jealous women, they'd all be fighting for his attention. They're all going to be vying for him. They're all going to be putting down the other one. And, and, and I think that kind of sets the scene of what's going on here. And they're one of them's yelling out here. <coughs> Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. For I love is better than wine. They're trying to get his attention. Look at me, look at me. And so I think she's yelling out in this way. Verse 3. Because of the Savior of thy good ointments, thy name is an ointment. Poured forth, therefore do the virgins love thee. And again, they're just showering compliments on him. Um, they desire him. He's, he's rich and he's powerful and he's wise. and He's handsome and so... Uh, they're trying to let him kiss me. Oh boy, boy, I wish he'll, he'll pick me in this way. And the other one said, Boy, it's good ointments. He smells good. Matter of fact, he smells so good that his name is like an ointment. If we just say Solomon, we can all smell him. You know, smell is a powerful thing, you know. You ever smelled something all of a sudden you're twelve years old again and you remember when you smelled that? Or boy, that smells like home, or that smells like this, and boy, that reminds me of that. You know, you kinda have that. And they're like saying, Man, he is that way. He just smells good, you know, because he's got on Axe and Old Smice, Aqua Velva, and he's all. As he comes in there, they're like, wow, he's got it all layered on. He's got it on thick, and they can smell it because he's got it all in his. Put it on there, they're like, boy, you just smell good. He's got it a little too thick. You probably make your eyes water when you walk by. Um, but he, he smells like ointment, so his name is an ointment. I'm just mention his name, and they, and they can smell him. And so, uh, first, uh, four, sorry. Some have to name. The character's name <laughs> Yeah, yeah. If yours does, sometimes they have it all broken down a different way. Again, that's our interpretation, how it puts it. And mine, I'm, I'm probably going against that. Mine doesn't have any breakdowns, all one big thing, it's all, other than the notes that I put in there. And so, yeah, I am going against a lot of the traditional, just again, I'm building the context of from where I'm coming from earlier about. Um, if he picks so many, this is the love of the love, and so it changes uh, how you break down who says what. A lot of these times, a lot of this would be credited to the to the virgin here. But um, so yeah, I'm, I'm building the case my way. And that, that's but thank you for pointing that out again, Gerald. But uh, um, so you kind of get the idea that you know he's he's pulled in his uh, chariot into the thing. You know he's coming to the harem courts, and then maybe now he's he's been there for a minute. He's leaving, and the. And the virgins are all running after him, and they're yelling, you know, pick me. Look at verse 4. Draw me. You know, they are saying, pick me. You know, they're in this crowd. They are all say, boy, I wish you'd pick me. Again, it's hard to say it's one person, you know, to take the other view. If this is the one girl that he loves, why is she having to say, pick me this time? You know, show me some attention now. You know, if that's the way it is. Uh, Verses the other way, at least the way I view it. And I guess that's the way I view it that way. But there's are draw me, we will run after thee. They're going to chase down his car again. Imagine the paparazzi. Imagine someone famous and all these screaming girls going by. Like, oh, look, it's Justin Bieber. It's the Beatles. It's One Direction. It's whatever. And they're all, ah! You got these screaming girls going. I saw a van pulling downtown once. There's all these girls on the street corner. They had all these signs. And this guy drove by, his name on the van. I had no idea. I went home and Googled him to see who he was. He's some YouTube star. He made his own channel, do whatever. And they're all, ah! They scream as they go by. I thought it was for me. Uh, but uh, <laughs> no, it was the van next to him. Like, yeah, they like guy in the beat up Jeep. But uh, <laughs> they're all running after him in that way. And so that's what they're doing. Draw me! We will run after thee! And then I think, you know, you've got a little um, a break there. I think this flashes to the Shulamite. I think this is her words. In the midst of the crowd, you kind of stab her standing by herself, and she says, The king has brought me into his chambers. That's just you know, We have all this commotion going on, and you get this girl who's still, she's not running and crowding after them, she's over by herself, and she's like, the king's brought me to the chamber, I don't want to be here. I'm not with them, I'm not acting like them, I don't want him, I want to be home, I have somebody. And so she's just kind of in the midst of this crowd, I think that's the way the, the scene's kind of drawn up, because we'll tell here, because we have different ones, we have we's and these and me's, and so I, it kind of helps set the stage for us as you look at it in this way. And so... Um, You know, they all say we, and she's talking about me and us. And so, matter of fact, it goes right back to the to the crowd, to the din that's around here, and they say, "We will be glad and rejoice in thee. We will remember thy love more than wine. The upright love thee." I think they're still yelling at him, but just in the midst of that, you have the Shulamite just just standing there saying, "The king brought me here. You know, the the king brought me to his chambers. I don't know if he has like." like the American pickers go out and pick up junk, and they all bring it back to the place. If he had somebody who went around the country looking for a pretty girl, and they're like, "Oh, I think Solomon would like you. Go down. You're part of the daughters of Jerusalem. You know, you could go down there and wait for him." I don't know. I don't know if he saw her out one day. He says, oh, "Yeah, go clean her up and, and stick her back in, in my place." I don't know if that's how it was, but he had this group of girls that were there to be cleaned up for him to pick a wife out of. It sounds lovely, yeah, <laughs> but it sounds so romantic. But um, but she's 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 kind of against it. The king's brought her here. And you have the me versus we. Again, the harem's always a we. Now, they share a common thing. They share a common husband, which is weird, you know, unless you watch Sister Wives or something. And so they have a common husband. They have a common goal. They're all trying to get him, trying to get his attention. She is different. The Bible's one man, one woman. That's how it's supposed to be. And the the Shulamites, the me, and she's like, "I, I don't want to be a we with that. I don't want to be a we with them. I want my one guy. I don't want to be a part of that. And so she's different than them. So verse 5, we have the Shulamite again. <clears throat> you usually even have a paragraph break there. And she says, I am black, but comely. O you daughters of Jerusalem, that's the harem girls, as the tents of Kedar, as the curtains of Solomon. Now she's talking to herself, I believe. And she's looking at herself, compared to them all their makeup and all their pretty attire and how they're all decked out, trying to get his attention. She's just brought, been brought in. She's fresh off the boat, so to speak. We'll see as Solomon talks to her here later. Um, and she's like, I'm black, but I'm pretty. In other words, she said, I'm tan. I've had to work for a living. And she's out there for that. Uh, the Daughters of Jerusalem were the harem. Uh, uh, Kedar there, it's a dark thing. It's a dark-skinned tribe of the Ishmaelites' descendants. And so she goes, I'm dark like them, you know, because I've been out in the sun. I've had to work. Uh, they live in tents, and they're very dark. The, the curtain of Solomon was a veil. It was a dark recess in the temple. So she said, that, that dark veil that's in there, I'm like that. You know, I, I've been out in the sun, I've gotten dark. So verse 6. Look not upon me because I am black, because the sun hath looked upon me. My mother's children were angry with me. They made me the keeper of the vineyards, but mine own vineyard have I not kept. This is the original Cinderella story. You know, she had a stepmother, and she had stepchildren, step siblings, and so she says, I, I'm black because I had to work. I had to go out and work in the vineyard. My mother's children, they were angry with me because I was pretty, chances are. you so just think of the ugly stepsisters and Cinderella, and they make her go out and Cinderella this and Cinderella that. They make her go out and do all the dirty work. She's covered in the little cinders. And then she has to go out and work. She's gotten tan. She has no time to take care of her vineyard. She's using the idolatry here. She's, I have to take care of theirs. She's combing their hair. She's getting their the, the things. Again, it's easy for us to just have to say Cinderella. We understand uh, the evil stepsisters and what's going on. And, and so uh, that's kind of the scenario. She's like, I had no time. She fills out of place. You know, I'm a country girl and I'm, I'm dirty here and uh, I had no time for myself because I was with this evil stepsister. Maybe that's why they're there. Maybe when Solomon came around and they're like, we want her. They're like, good, you can have her. You know? and so, the, so, the, so they take her in that way. And so maybe they get in. Good with the king. You can almost see that whole evil Cinderella story built in there. But she says, I haven't kept I haven't taken care of myself. So verse seven. Um, the Shulamite's a dreamer. And so she's in the middle of all this, and what's going on? I think she's longing for her shepherd here. I think this is her dreaming one of her daydreams. And she says, Tell me, O thou whom my soul loveth, where thou feedest, where thou make thy flock to rest at noon. For why should I be as one that turneth aside by the flocks of thy companions? She's like where are you? Maybe it was the, maybe the dinner time bell rang, you know, and it's time for them to eat lunch, and she's like, I wonder where he is. I wonder where he's eating lunch today. I wonder, I wonder where he, he's, he's, he's having the, you know, I wonder where he is. I wonder where he's up to, you know, and she's, and to keep from going in the crazy, in the middle of this harem, she's like, this is how she deals with it. She's always thinking about, well, what's, what would my shepherd say? Or, well, what's my shepherd doing right now? And so she longs for him, and so she's thinking about her true love. Where is the shepherd? uh I wonder if he's having lunch at that favorite water hole where sometimes I'd meet him when I would go down and get a bucket of water. I wonder what he's doing right now. She's just lovesick, daydreaming about her her, her boyfriend, you know, her fiancé. And and so she's longing after him. Um, and so, you will know, uh, try to jump ahead of my notes here. So, two weeks later. so she, she's... Uh, like I said, I think it's noontime, so I think maybe that's it. You know, the, uh, I think the girls are all getting hustling to get ready, and, and she's just saying, where's, where's my shepherd? You know, is he in the back 40? Is he in the front nine? Or is, they in, uh, is he out by the creek or by the lake? I, and so she's wondering. Verse 7, Tell me, O thou whom I so loveth where thou feedest, and where thou makest thy flock to rest at noon. For why should I be as one that turneth aside by the flocks of thy companions? She goes, I don't really care about what all your other guys are doing. I don't care what all your friends are doing. I want to know where you are and what you were doing. She's, 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 again, thinking of him, and this is how it should be for us. Uh, We should be doing our job, doing what we're supposed to be doing, but we should be thinking of our Savior. No matter what's going on, we should be thinking, what would he have me do today? Well, I wonder what he would have me to to think about today and what I should be doing. We should be heavenly-minded thinking about him, and so I think that that, uh, she relates that good for us. And she professes her loyalty to him. She goes, I don't care about the flocks of your companions. I don't care what they're doing. I'm wondering what you are doing, uh, Shepherd, my little shepherd. And so she thinks about how he would answer. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe it's how he's answered her in the past. Maybe she's thinking back about, I know what he would say because this is what he said before. And it's kind of a little flirty. And In verse 8, I think it's the shepherd talking to her. If thou know not, O thou fairest among women, go thy way uh, forth by the footsteps of the flock, and feed by the kid beside the shepherd's tent. In other words, he goes, oh, if you want to know. He says, it's a little flirty in there, and he calls to the fairest among women. You want to know where I am? I'm the shepherd. You follow the sheep. The sheep come after me. He says, you want to know where I am? Follow after them, and you'll be able to find me wherever the tracks of the sheep are. You'll be able to point me down that way. Isn't that how we're supposed to be for our shepherd? You want to follow the shepherd? He says, who are my sheep? The sheep follow after me. They know my voice. matter of fact, I'm going to turn to John 10 and read it. Um, John 10. Because I'm saying it backwards. John 10, 27. And Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. You want to find the shepherd? Follow the sheep. That's the same thing. Uh, she's thinking, same thing we're told. We don't know what Jesus is. Follow him. Follow his, follow his followers. And so she's thinking that way. and he's, he's telling her, boy, I think she's going in her mind here. She's daydreaming. Uh, where is he? And he would say, Just follow the sheep and you'll find me. It'll lead you right to my tent. And so she's just consoling herself because she's where she doesn't want to be. Verse 9 it says, I have compared thee, O oh my love, to the company of horses in Pharaoh's chariots. I think at this time that the scene has changed from the Shulamite thinking, and maybe as Solomon's made his way around, he's gotten to her, and, and now he's seeing her. So I think we're in the harem, and, and the king has arrived. Maybe there's a banquet going on that night, and he's going to prepare the ladies. He's getting a little sneak peek. Of uh, what's going to happen because we do have a banquet coming up here at the, in chapter two, and so I kind of picture them all lined up, and he's going down looking at them, and they're like, mm, "Okay, I see how you are." And um, you know, who's going to? And they're all vying for his attention to see that who will be sitting at the table, all but this one. She's daydreaming. I bet my shepherd would say this, and maybe she's still looking out the window. It's noontime. I wonder where he's there, and he would say, "Follow the sheep, and you will find me." And she's she's lost. She doesn't care. He's in. Everybody else is all like, "It's Solomon," and they're all. And she's not paying attention. This new one. This 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 one who's. Um, you know, not paying attention is the one that caught his eye. Is it because she's so beautiful? or Is it because she's not paying attention? His ego is hurt. Is it because of uh, you know? It's the hunt. You know, she's playing hard to get, and so if anything he, he looks at her and he says to her, he says, "I compare thee, O my love, to the company of horses and Pharaoh's chariots." He's like, boy, you're like a horse. You're a fine young filly, you know. <laughs> He's so like, what big teeth you have? <laughs> and so he goes, but he's comparing it to like the fast cars of the day. He's like, oh, I look at you. You are F-I-N-E fine. You know, and, then, and boy, you, know, you rev rev my engine. So he's kind of comparing that way to the Pharaoh's horses. And we'll take note of that because we'll see later he uses these same lines again and again. It's like once he gets in his routine, he goes down uh, this same line. Um, verse 10, thy cheeks are comely with rows of jewels, thy neck with chains of gold. He's like, oh, as he looks at her face, you can almost seem kind of holding her face. Boy, I think if you... Has some jewels, and have you ever seen those Middle Easterns that they have the jewels that come down and hang on their cheek? I bet your cheek, that skin's so fair. You put some jewels against there, it look nice. Throw some gold chains on her. She looks pretty poor and common. You know, Kind of dress her up a little bit. You know, Put a little bling on her. And, and so he's kind of saying that here. You know, with your, your neck with chains of gold, if you'll put some of that on her, maybe she doesn't have it yet because she's just been brought in. And, and, and decorate her up. And so the harem wanting to please Solomon and to show how dutiful they are and trying to get him to notice him by, oh, yes, Solomon, we'll do whatever you want. They say, okay, we'll fix her up. Verse 11. We, again, it's the we's and who's, who's here? That's the harem. We will make thee borders of gold and with studs of silver. We'll decorate her up, Solomon. We know what you like. We know how you like them. So they say that they're going to dress her up for him, that they'll get her all ready. And so I think the same scene fades The black, goes to commercial. That's it's sponsored by Dove, your favorite soap, and, and, you know, at least in my mindset. And so uh, I kind of think of this in my mindset. It's almost like The Bachelor or something like that, where you have all this, and they're all vying for his attention. And who will The Bachelor pick? You know, It's that kind of the, the Song of Solomon a bachelor show as he's, he's looking over. All right, commercial's over. Uh, verse 12, it sets up the scene. Uh, uh, they are at uh, the banqueting hall of King Solomon. And we have the shooting light sitting here. It says, the king sitteth at his table, my spikenard sendeth forth the smell thereof. So I think the, they're sitting at this banqueting hall, and, and I'll describe that a little bit here, in a little bit. But, uh, she's there and she's all cleaned up, and she looks across and she sees the king. He's at his table way over there. You know, boy, he really likes me. I'm over here having to vie for attention. She's like, I'm not playing that game. And uh, they've, they've ornamented her. You know, they've 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 oiled her up. They've cleaned her up, and they've covered her in spikenard. And she says, "My spikenard sendeth forth the smell thereof." Doesn't sound like she really likes it. Um, she's like, the spikenard is a very odiferous. if you look at the definition of it, an odiferous plant from India. It's a foreign perfume. And she is thinking, boy, they have me stinking. You know, <laughs> they blow they me up and they put spikenard all over me. This isn't how it is. And I just think that if I read this with most distinct, she's like, the king's at his table. My spikenard smells up the smell thereof. You know, it's just kind of like, this isn't how I used to smell. This isn't me. This doesn't sound like This is a foreign scent. And so she's like, I, I don't like it, this isn't me. He's made me up to be someone else. Boy, he said he liked me, big deal. But boy, what about her shepherd? I think that's what she thinks about in verse 13. So men, again, she's always launched into thinking about how she's supposed to be and who she's supposed to be with. Verse 13, a bundle of myrrh is my well-beloved. She's not like the king. You see the difference between the two verses. The king sits over there. Now she's talking, a bundle of myrrh is my beloved. And to me, he shall lie all night betwixt my breasts. She's like, boy, um, he's, he's like myrrh. You know, to him, he's not a foreign scent. No, her shepherd's a scent that's familiar to her. Myrrh is made from a gum of a tree bark. It's used in oil and perfume, and it's a ruddy scent. It's a masculine scent. And so she's like, my shepherd works outside. My, my, my shepherd's in the trees and in the forest, and he smells like his work. And she's like, mm, that's how my beloved love to me. He's like myrrh. He, he smells like a man in that sense. And so uh, there were two oils used in our Lord. One was frankincense and one was myrrh. And so we have that one labeled here. in Verse 13. My, and she talks about how he'll, you know, I'll keep him cozy. Verse 14, my beloved is unto me as a cluster of camphor and the vineyards of en um, He'll be close to me. And he'll be like, at the, this camphor is a henna plant, it's a covering, and is a town in the wilderness of Judah on the western shore of the Dead Sea. And so she's saying, boy, you know what, he would be like a shady place in a vineyard. Uh, you know, in this country town, he's like a refuge that I could I could run to him for rest. I can run to him for comfort. That's my beloved. I can run to him, and it's like being in the shade after I've been out in the vineyards of Engedi. I can get to that shady spot and have rest and comfort, and just be able to sit down and relax with him. Maybe it's a place that they they ran and would hide to, and they would get a chance, and he would meet her there when she was out working. Um, but uh, again, you know, she's been crowded around by worldly pleasures, and now she's thinking of her shepherd. We should do the same thing. He should be our rest. Our Savior should be our comfort. He should be our strong tower, as we sing about sometimes. He is my strong tower. He is a mighty tower. We should run to Him for our ref- refuge, a place to get away when the pressures of the world are around us. She even goes deeper. She begins to hear Him speak to her. Verse 15 Behold, thou art fair, my love. Behold, thou art fair. Thou hast dove's eyes. Behold, thou art fair, my beloved. Yea, pleasant. Also, our bed is green. Uh, the beams of our house are of cedar, and our rafters are of fir. He says he, she's pretty. And eyes are the window to the soul and yet notice he compares just her eyes. He talks to her about her eyes. The eyes are the window of the soul. He's looking through to who she is and he compares it to something in nature, something that they both know and understand. He says you have doves eyes. You know, through that way. And he tells her then about the dreams that they had. Here she is in a mansion, she's in the banqueting Hall of Solomon, and she's thinking about what her shepherd said that they would have. We're going to build a house together. And when we get married, you know, they dream together, they would meet in these little hiding places we'll see a couple other times where they meet together, and, and here she's talking about being in the, in the that, that shady place in the, in the vineyards of En and when they get there, they would talk about, boy, just another year, and I'll save up enough, and I'll have our house done, and we'll be married, and... Tell you what, we'll have a green bed. We'll have a green bed in there. And she'll be like, tell me about the house. Tell me about the house. And I'll be like, all right, I'll have beams that'll be made out of cedar. And we'll have there on the top of it, we'll have the fir. You know, we'll have the fir tree that's up in the rafters. I'll build it out of that. And it'll be good and strong. it'll be our house. It won't be a big house. It'll be our house. A little cottage in the woods that we can have. And we can have our own vineyard. We can have our own sheep in that way. And it'll be ours. And you'll be out from underneath your stepmother. And then when I'll be out, we'll be on our own and I'll take care of you. And so they would daydream about their future. They're not ready for marriage yet, but they're planning, they're dreaming, they're looking ahead. Remember that time, married couples? You know, they would plan ahead, and what will our house be like, and how will it be, and what will we do? So they thought about their future. That would help them endure their hardships now, planning ahead. They're in Solomon's house, they're in Solomon's palace, and she's dreaming about their house. Uh, Didn't Jesus tell us to do that too? He's like, I'm going to go away. Not time for us to be together yet, but I'm going to go away. I'm going to build a house, and in my Father's house are many mansions. And if I go to prepare a place for you there, I doubtless come for you again. He wants us to think about a place where we will be, to help us endure the hard times now. You know, it's, it's sometimes hard to wait. It's hard to get there. It's hard to, to love for that. But Jesus tells us that. You know, I go to prepare a place for you, and I will doubtless come again for you. I'm preparing a place for you. And in Revelation, he even talks about, I'll come, and it's going to be beautiful, it's wonderful. You know, Eden lost is Eden restored. That's the place I'm going to make for you. and I'll come for you, my bride, and I'll take you to be there. He says, I will be there for you. And so they come for that. And then so he's, she's dreaming on those things. She's, she's clinging to the promises that they had and the dreams they had together to keep her faithful and strong in the time in which she's going in now. And so we should take an example from her as we do that. Verse 2, or chapter 2. I think we're going to, uh, uh, again, we're in this banquet. I think it's uh, in honor of Solomon picking a new bride, probably. Because again, he has 140 brides, he's getting ready to pick 141, whoop, whoop, whoop. Uh, and he loves a wedding, especially his own. You know, he just loves to have another wedding, and so he's in the mood for love, and so he, he's planning, he's preparing for that. Um, uh, we'll dip our toe in here. So I think as the, as the scene set, you're in the banqueting hall, and I, and, I, and I think he has so many that he has to have everybody all kind of branched out a little bit. You have the dinner guests, and you, uh, and you have Solomon sitting in the middle, he's the head table, and maybe off to one side you have Solomon's wives with a sign over them, Solomon's wives. And there's the other side, Solomon's concubines. And they're all vying for who sits in what seat and they're all there. And then outside those two tables you have ladies-in-waiting or the, the virgins or the daughters of Jerusalem that are either side. And the, the Shulamite would have been under one of them with a you know, who will be the next bride of Solomon? You know, they're all there waiting to see. And who will he pick? I bet he picks the blonde. I bet he picks the brunette. And, you know, and they're all going through and playing the guessing game as they're doing these things. And, um, and the, we left off in chapter one. The Shulamite was daydreaming about the shepherd, about uh, talking about their house and how the, he complimented her eyes. And the shepherd is very nature-oriented. And so far, he's talked about dove's eyes. He's talked about cedar tree and furs. He's not talked about pharaohs and their horses and jewels and gems and gold. He's a poor shepherd. But he loves his Shulamite. And the Shulamite is thinking what the shepherd would call her. What would he call me? In Chapter 2, I think, he kind of continues that thought. Again, we put the chapter breaks in. I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley. Rose of Sharon. Sharon was a wilderness valley. It was a wild, fertile plain. It was known for its beauty and its majesty. and The rose is considered the most perfect of flowers. A lily of the valleys, that's the pleasant thing, a beautiful thing to see. And he said, that's what my, sh- my shepherd would call me. He would say that I'm a rose of Sharon. I'm a, a lily of the valley. I'm the most pleasant of flower that he could find. Verse 2, how, else would my, how would my shepherd see me? If he would look down and see me where I am, sitting here amongst all these beautiful women that Solomon has up here, what would he say about me? And her shepherd would say this, as a lily among thorns, so is my love among the daughters of Jerusalem, of the daughters. He said, who's my girl? She's like a, a lily among thorns. You know, they're all just thorns compared to her. And so that's how she sees her, her, um, her, her how her shepherd would see her. And so, because um, these girls are, I would say they probably are like thorns. They're fighting one another. They would look at one another in disdain. that They probably would um, like to see their makeup get messed up or how it is. And so uh, she's closing her eyes and... and and just thinking and daydreaming, maybe the royalty there are calling her common rabble, you know, however it is. And So she thinks about what her shepherd would say. And he says that you're a lily among thorns. Um, verse 3, as the, she starts thinking about him, I think at this point, as the apple tree among the trees of the woods, so is my beloved. She always calls her shepherd, my beloved. Among the sons, I sat down under his shadow with great delight, and his fruit uh, was sweet to my taste." She says, boy, my shepherd's like an apple tree. He's like a fruit tree in the middle of a forest. You know, you can go through the woods in Indiana and you can find a lot of nuts, hickory nuts and walnuts and things. But boy, you know, to find a fruit to eat, it's pretty rare. uh, Elaine's parents' woods, they used to have an apple tree back there. You get there and like, oh, here's a, a fruit tree in the middle of the woods, something you could eat. You know, you didn't have to crack it and work at it. You could just get it. That would be a delight and a sweet taste and a refreshing thing. She goes, that's what my shepherd's like. He's like a, finding a piece of fruit in a dark and strange forest. He's there. He is a delight unto me. He is wonderful. He is sweet to taste. And then she talks about how the, the king has treated her How Solomon. He brought me to his banqueting house. No, wait a minute. Sorry, I'm getting my... Um, this is if... Sorry, the shepherd. You know, how he would treat her. He brought me to his banqueting house... And his banner over me is love. See, here shepherd wouldn't have a, uh, this is my wife, this is my concubine, these are my ladies-in-waiting. He would just have a sign. His sign he would put over me is love. This is my love. I have this one. I have the one sheep. Think of David, you know, when he, when he would talk about Bathsheba and that how uh, um, uh, the prophet Nathan yeah, comes to him and says you know, tells a story about the shepherd who had the one deer sheep that he loved and it was taken away and killed. And he's like, what? And that's what this guy has, the one. He just has the one. And his banner over her is love. You know, it's not all these other things. She was a Solomon's mother. Yep, yep, and so yeah, linked right in here. And so um, she's there, and so uh, she goes on, verse 5, Stay me with flagons, that's like a raisin cake, comfort me with apples, for I am sick of love. She's just talking about how lovesick she is, and uh, I think maybe the other... (laughs) Uh, daughters here, or maybe smacking her in the face, They're like, hey, get with us, uh, join us here, space cadet. Uh, what's going on? What are you thinking about? And she's like, I'm lovesick. You know, I'm thinking about my shepherd. I don't want to be here. And they're trying to uh, wake her up. And so they're trying to shake her to wake her. Uh, she finally realizes where she is. She, matter of fact, maybe she even passes out here because she, maybe she hasn't eaten. Um, and she says verse 7 this will be the first time she charges them I charge you O daughters of Jerusalem by the rose and by the hinds of the field that you stir not up nor wake my love till he pleases she's like don't wake me up if I'm daydreaming about him leave me alone that's where I want to be and so she charges them to leave him alone once she realizes where she is Um, oh sorry I skipped verse 6 his left hand is under my head and his right hand doth embrace me. Uh, I think maybe they were picking her up. She realizes it's not him. So that's why she says, Leave me alone. I was daydreaming about my shepherd. Uh, please quit bothering me. And so uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to stop there for right now. And we'll pick up where with, uh, uh, she hears the voice of her beloved and how she tells about how fast he is and they can't catch him. And so um, that's, that's where we'll, we'll stop for now. But again, say it's different. It's different than how yours might be marked. Um, but I think it, it it makes sense in context of how Solomon had so many wives and so many loves that this would be the one that got away, uh, but he saw a true love that the Shulamite had for the shepherd. And so um, I'll challenge you to go back and read it and try to make it make sense in any other way in, in that sense, and, and let me know what you come up with. But uh, I appreciate your attention, appreciate you being here, and again, invite you back on Wednesday as we study. Maybe we'll have Jenny Goins or Jenny I forget your last name now whoever she got married to. Franzi's last name, Lewis, yeah, I knew it was. Uh, Jenny Lewis, Is she might be in here uh, giving us a report from uh, Haiti. Uh, but either way, we'll have something on Wednesday, so I invite you here for that. And uh, just remember the other thing, remember the love gift, maybe. We'll take up, have a box out here next week for uh, Camp Inning Creek. And so we'll be able to give towards that. And so I'll just remind you of that as well. Thank you for those who stayed today helping with Sunday school. We got some things accomplished there, so I appreciate your help with that. Let's close in prayer.